Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate directly to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. I do this podcast as well as Pucks and Cups from John to Justin, Canada's Great War and Coast to Coast. And it takes a lot of time. And so every dollar you give, I'll keep it all going. And I truly appreciate it. I'll make sure I thank you on the air and throughout my social media. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Bairdo37, where I'm always posting videos about Canada's history. You can also visit my YouTube page, youtube.com slash C slash Canadian History X, where I put up weekly videos about Canada's history. As well, if you want, you can visit my website where I have hundreds of articles about Canada's history. Just go to canadaehx.com. The area that current Innisfil sits on was for centuries occupied by the Blackfoot. Hunting vast herds of bison through the landscape, the Blackfoot became the dominant culture of the Canadian plains, but that would begin to change as Europeans pushed from the east. Eventually, the Cree and the Métis would soon come into the area, creating conflict for the dwindling resources such as the bison. The first known European to come to the area was Anthony Henday, who arrived in October 1754 while traveling from York Factory to meet with the Blackfoot and set up a trading network with them. Believing that the Blackfoot had said no, but without a definite answer, Henday returned to York Factory, but after him, many more fur traders would come out to the future Alberta and the future area of Innisfail. It would be another century before settlements started to come to the Innisfail area. Reverend John McDougall would come through the area, and he would help to develop a trail from Fort Edmonton to Banff. This trail would go right through where Innisfail is located today, and for many years, Innisfail was known as Poplar Grove due to its natural beauty. Another trail called the Wolf's Trail by the Indigenous would be developed for use by stagecoaches and freight wagons running from Fort Calgary to Fort Edmonton. And for the next couple decades, new settlers to future Alberta would use this trail and stopping houses began to appear on that trail. One stopping house was called the Spruces, operated by the Brown Brothers and Sandy Fraser. Isabel Brown is also believed to be the first European woman to settle in the area. Others would come between 1884 and 1887, becoming the first settlers to the Innisfail area. Settlement would not be fast for Innisfail during the 1880s, but in 1891, the railroad was built between Strathcona to the north and Calgary to the south. This would cause a huge spur in development as Innisfail was a stop along the track. In 
It was also around this time that Innisfail first began to appear in print. The name of the community comes from the Irish name for Ireland, Innisfail, which means Isle of Destiny. The Manitoba Free Press would write, quote, Station houses have been built at a distance of 18 miles, the names of these stations being Airdrie, Carstairs, Olds, Innisfail, and Red Deer. Previously to the spring, this section of country had been practically unknown, but a number of settlers, including several families from Dakota, have recently taken up homesteads near to the railway, particularly near Innisfail. End quote. By the end of the year, the telegraph had been installed at the Innisfail station. The Calgary Weekly Herald would write of Innisfail, quote, Innisfail, 76 miles north of Calgary on the C&E Railway, formerly known as Poplar Grove, is the first point of any special importance reached going northward, and is without a doubt destined to be a large centre for trade, being a very desirable location from the fact of its natural scenery, which is not surpassed by any town site on the CPR system. End quote. G.W. West would set up the first general store to serve passengers who stopped in the area the same year the railroad arrived. The year of 1893 was a transformative one for the community. This was shown in one story in the Calgary Weekly Herald on March 22, 1893. It states, quote, Mr. Dixon has opened a butcher shop on the Edmonton Trail at Innisfail this week, and by present appearances should do a good trade being on the main trail in one of the best positions of the town. Mr. Charles Ross has been doing good business in land deals lately. Mr. John Smith has opened up his new premises as a saddle and harness maker, end quote. The article would continue highlighting the progress of Innisfail, stating, quote, To show the progress of Innisfail as a town, we may mention the visitors are surprised on entering Mr. Thomas Del Tor's store on the Edmonton Trail to find a large stock of dry goods and boots and shoes, comprising a stock which many towns ten times the size of Innisfail would envy, end quote. I'd like to take a break away from the episode for a second to talk about ExploreNet. I spent most of my life living in rural areas in Canada, and I remember the days of dial-up internet and spotty high-speed service. For the past three years, I have been a customer of ExploreNet, and I can honestly say that it is the best rural internet I have ever had. My job as a podcaster means I spend a lot of time researching online, interviewing people over Zoom, and uploading content. Through it all, ExploreNet has provided me with excellent service. When I'm not working, I enjoy streaming content on several streaming platforms and even doing some online gaming with a friend in Ontario. ExploreNet allows me to do all of that with ease. Right now, they offer up to 50 megabits per second on their new LTE network with unlimited data. Their service has only become faster and better since I first signed on. Today and beyond, ExploreNet is investing in building and upgrading the network at a rapid pace. ExploreNet is rural, and that is their route, and that is their focus. For more information about rural internet options in your area, go to ExploreNet.com or call 1-866-285-2253. In 1893, Dr. Henry George would settle in Innisfail and build a house called Lindham Lodge. This building would become a major historical landmark for Innisfail. Dr. George and his wife Barbara would live in the house for many years and become important members of Innisfail. Dr. George had been an assistant surgeon with the Northwest Mounted Police and at one point he even tended to Chief Grovefoot himself. Within the province, Dr. George was instrumental in setting up the Territorial Natural History Society, the Northwest Entomological Society, and the Alberta Natural History Society. Within his home, he kept many natural and cultural artifacts that he had accumulated through the years. In 1905, he opened the Dr. George Natural History Museum, which was the first museum in Alberta to be found outside the national parks. 
Barbara George was also a well-regarded artist in Alberta and was an authority on the identification of flowers in Alberta. From 1907 to 1921, she would serve on the executive committee of the Alberta Natural History Society. The couple would leave the area in 1907 when Dr. George moved his practice to Red Deer. In 1977, their house in Innisfail was made a provincial historic resource, and today it houses a museum that highlights the lives of the couple, but also the history of the Innisfail area. In 1900, Innisfail became a village with a bank, two hotels, three cafes, an opera house, and a western store. The Calgary Herald reported, quote, Innisfail has been making great strides as far as settlement is concerned, and is a commercial centre for a large district that draws quite a number of drummers and other visitors, end quote. George E. Bryan would be elected as the first overseer of the village. Four years later, the community had grain elevators, several hotels, many stores, and a growing number of newly built homes. The Manitoba Free Press would report, quote, The town is well and solidly built, and many of the private houses are handsome in design and finish, while the business houses for the most part are large and commodious, carrying immense stocks to supply the needs for all incoming settlers and the many farmers already established in this flourishing centre, end quote. At the time, Innisfail was the largest dairy centre in the Northwest Territories, of which Alberta was still a part of. The Innisfail Union Butter and Cheese Manufacturing Company was located in the community and outputted 761,263 pounds of butter since its formation in 1897. In 1902, Innisfail had an output of 141,879 pounds, 25% more than the next closest community, Yorkton. The next year, that output was 163,911 pounds. The community also had some pride in 1904 when the Innisfail Curling Club rink won the Calgary Brewery and Malting Company Cup in a win over Wetaskiwin. The Calgary Herald reported, quote, In the Calgary Brewing Cup competition, the rinks of Raymer, McLean, and Pearson were the victors against those of Mercer, Emery, and McDonald, respectively. End quote. By the 1930s, Innisfail was growing quickly. The Calgary Herald would report, quote, Within the last decade or so, a number of new buildings have been erected, outstanding among them being the Province Building, Royal Theatre, Lennox Building, addition to the hospital, and addition to the Innisfail Hotel. New residents have also been built. Quote. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In the 1960s, Innisfil would begin to expand quickly thanks to the oil industry in the area that was thriving. Two multi-million dollar petroleum industry plants were established just south of Innisfil, and a six million dollar oil refinery was only 10 kilometers away. Red Deer Advocate reported on July 20th, 1960, quote, Innisfail now is enjoying the sharpest growing pain since the days in 1882 when it was known as Poplar Grove, a favorite camping place for teams on the freighting trail between Calgary and Edmonton, end quote. The population of the community quickly grew in 1900 and the town was thriving with 50 new houses built in 1959 alone. Harry Little, the town secretary treasurer since 1945, stated, quote, This was a regular shot on the arm for Innisfail. As a result, Innisfail now is experiencing the biggest building boom in its history, and the town is moving right ahead. End quote. Three years later, the community was still growing. Construction was hitting $1 million a year, and the population was pushing 2,400, 
a sharp rise from the 1400 who lived in Innisfail only a decade earlier. If you'd like to learn more about Innisfail, you can visit the Innisfail Historical Village. The village was started in 1970 thanks to a donation of the Spruces, the original stopping house that was built before Innisfail was even created. The building was donated by the W. Gibson family, and today it remains the only original stopping house between Calgary and Edmonton. The village today is made up of 18 buildings across two acres of land. Each of these buildings are furnished to interpret the history of the area up to the 1930s. There's also a large display of antique farm machinery. And if learning about animals is more your thing, you can visit the Discovery Wildlife Park. The park not only provides an opportunity for people to learn about wildlife directly, but the revenue from the guests coming into the park goes straight to caring for the animals by providing them with housing, food, and medical care. The goal of this park is to provide visitors with the opportunity to bond with animals and have a positive experience. The park also promotes conservation and has an extensive recycling program in place. Jack Hanna, the world-renowned wildlife conservationist, visited the park in August of 2009. He was so impressed with the park, he would dedicate an entire episode of his show, Jack Hanna's Into the Wild, to talk about the park and what it does for animals. The park also features the world's largest animatronic bear. It's 10,000 pounds, and when it stands up, it's 20 feet high. I hope you enjoyed that episode about Innisfail, and if you did, please leave a rating and review. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash canadaehx. And you can donate to the podcast by going to canadaehx.com and clicking donate. I'd also like to thank all of my wonderful patrons, and I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Michael Matthews, Joanna Parker, Jeff Dahl, Vobs, Robert Page, Richard D., Colin Johnson, Katie Caldwell, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Rawa, Luke S., J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Thanks. We'll see you again next time.